This morning we have two readings from Scripture, as I said to the kids. They are such similar stories that I think they deserve telling together. The first story is the story about Moses as he goes up to be in God's presence on Mount Sinai, where he will receive the tablets of the Ten Commandments. He will hear that when we will hear that when Moses came down the mountain, his face was shiny like a light bulb, right? Because he had been face to face with God. Actually, it, in, it is supposed to be funny, I think. Exodus describes the way that they have to shroud him with a veil for the rest of, 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 of his life, basically, so that no one will be afraid when they see him. The second reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, and it's the story of the transfiguration. Jesus goes up on the mountain, and his outside, his outside is changed to match the glory of God that is within He, like Moses, shines. It's clear that the author of Matthew is making the connection to the Exodus story. These stories are are too similar for Matthew not to have been giving at least a nod to the ancient stories his readers would have known by heart. So hear these words of another people, another place, and another time. And may they be filled with the fresh infusion of the Spirit for us in this time, this people, in this place. From Exodus. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and wait there. I'll give you the stone tablets with the instructions and the commandments that I've written in order to teach them. So Moses and his assistant Joshua got up, and Moses went up God's mountain. Moses had said to the elders, Wait for us here until I come back. Until I come back to you, Aaron and her will be here with you. Whoever has legal disputes, you can go to them. Then Moses went up the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The Lord's glorious presence settled on Mount Sinai. The cloud covered it for six days. For the seventh day, the Lord called to Moses from the the cloud. To the Israelites, the Lord's glorious presence looked like a blazing fire on top of the mountain. Moses entered the cloud and went up the mountain, and Moses stayed on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. And then skipping forward in in Exodus a few chapters, Moses came down from Mount Sinai. As he came down from the mountain with the two, two covenant tablets in his hand, Moses didn't realize that the skin of his face shone brightly because he had been talking with God. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw the skin of Moses' face shining brightly, they were afraid to come near him. And then these words from Matthew. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and brought them to the top of a very high mountain. He was transformed in front of them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with Jesus. Peter reacted to all of this by saying to Jesus, Lord, it's good that we are here. If if you want, I'll make three shrines, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them. A voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I dearly love. I am very pleased with him. Listen to him. 
Hearing this, the disciples fell on their faces, filled with awe. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one but Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Don't tell anyone about the vision until the human one is raised from the dead. Here ends the readings. Let us pray. O God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts together lead us into a new experience of your love. Amen. A few years ago, after a a continuing education event, I, I took a road trip with some clergy colleagues. And one of the stops on this road trip was in Sedona, Arizona. If you've ever been to Sedona, you know that it is a special kind of beautiful there surrounded by the red rocks. While we were there, we learned that Sedona is sort of a mecca for the New Age movement. Maybe you, maybe you have experienced this there. And because they say that, that energy flows out of the earth in a swirling pattern in the area, it's what they call a vortex. Now, as someone who's interested in religions and the way that people connect with one another and the divine, I was especially interested in seeing one of these vortexes. Even if this isn't my religious tradition, I was interested in the same way I might be interested to visit a a Buddhist temple or a mosque. So we tried to find one of these vortexes. We got a map from a website and some instructions from a very enthusiastic shop owner. And we set out, and it turns out the map was not actually the most reliable. So we ended up turned around. At least it was a beautiful place to be turned around. But we pulled into a parking lot where there was an attendant. And we rolled down the window, and we said, "Um, excuse me, can you tell us how to get to the vortex? And he quickly responded, It's all a vortex, man. (laughs) Uh, So we just smiled back and, 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 and hoped he would elaborate. And finally said, if you're looking for the parking lot, it's down the road on the right. And so we thanked him and, and, and we headed down the road. The trailhead was, was right beside the parking lot, and, and honestly, the word trail is maybe a little generous. It was like a path that led up to the top of one of the giant red boulders. And when we climbed to the top, there was, there was quite a crowd gathered there. There was a woman with, with gems and stones out on a, a cloth that she was charging in the sun with energy. There were people sunbathing, there were more than a few people in various yoga poses, downward dogging and shavasanaing all there on top of that boulder. There was an Australian family with toddlers on a road trip across the United States. They were just there looking at the view. Standing up on that boulder, there was a beautiful view of the whole valley, and it was framed by the red rocks. My My friends and I all split up and sat quietly alone. We didn't really talk about doing that. It just, it felt right. It felt like that's what we needed to do in that space. Now, 
To be honest, I'm not sure I felt any energy swirling out of the earth there. But I will say, it felt different up there. It felt peaceful. I don't know that the beads of the bracelet that I bought in Sedona were necessarily supercharged in that vortex, but I know that my spirit felt invigorated by the time spent there among the people having various spiritual experiences. You know, there are special places like this that are so steeped in devotion, so steeped in people's experiences of God there, that we can't help but feel God in those places. I think about cathedrals that, I, that have been bathed in prayer and incense and music. I think about churches that have, over the years, have carpets sprinkled over and over again with the waters of baptism and the tears of those saying goodbye to loved ones, whose walls reverberate with generations making music. You know, Celtic Christianity calls these places thin spaces or or thin places, places where the veil between earth and the eternal are particularly thin, where we are just that much closer to a feeling of connection with God, where we know ourselves and the callings on our lives with just a little more clarity. Have you ever been in a place like that? Yeah. We might call those moments when we experience those places, those moments of clarity and intimacy, mountaintop moments. Maybe you've experienced mountaintop moments in your life. Maybe a conversation where it all came together or a retreat where you felt a special connection to the love and grace of God. Or maybe it was a vacation where the world was open to new ways of understanding and you felt a new sense of rest. Whatever these thin spaces or or mountaintop moments look like for you, they can be so important for our lives. In our scripture reading this morning, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John on a hike up the mountain into a thin space. This wasn't something too out of the ordinary for him. It seems like Jesus was always taking time to set aside a little time for solitude and prayer. However, this time, when when they got to their destination, Jesus was transfigured. Now, what does that mean? Well, transformation means changing from one thing to another. Transfigured means something a little bit different. It means, coming the exempl- it means becoming the exemplary version of what you already are. It means that your outside is changed to match your inside. Back on the mountain, there is a bright light which seems to be emanating from Jesus. I like to imagine uh, kind of like Jesus as a disco ball that is, anyway. <laughs> And then Moses and Elijah appear to his right and his left, representing his ancestors and the law and the prophets. A cloud descends, embracing the whole mountain, and a voice speaks out and says something. If we've been listening, we've heard before. This is my child, the beloved. Listen to him. Talk about a thin space. Talk about a mountaintop moment. And just as quickly as they had appeared, they were gone. 
You can almost hear Peter quote Dorothy Gale and say, people come and go so quickly here, right? It seems like something out of the golden age of Hollywood, I think. Jesus is on the mountain and he hears again who he is and whose he is. All of them have close encounter with the holiness of God. Jesus shines with the light and we can't help but imagine, at least I can't help but imagine, that Peter and James and John ended up with flecks of that shiny holiness on them as well. Peter offered to build structures so they could stay up there on the mountain. It's no wonder. It, it must have been glorious. And, and when, he, when we think about those mountaintop experiences, those thin spaces, those thin places of our lives, we may want to linger in those places too. We may want to build shelters there so we can feel that closeness. We may never want to come home from vacation. We may want to linger, but that is not the point. Like Peter, James, and John, we have to notice the flecks of holiness that have landed on us and take them down the mountain. We have to take what we learn on the mountain, take our supercharged selves down into the valleys of our lives. We gather each week here on this side of this mountain, and we experience God in community. I pray that you find some flecks of shiny holiness on you when you leave this place, and that you take it from this place and share it through your living. I think when we do that, when we take those flecks of holiness down into the valleys, we may just feel the earth of the valley floor beneath our feet begin to rise until it too becomes a foothill and then a mountain. And then we can say with the parking lot attendant, it's all the vortex, man. <laughs> then we can realize that the, the whole earth glitters with God's holiness. When we realize that our face is shining because of our experience of a God who loves us, we may just begin to see reflections of that light in others. May it be so. Amen.